Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I've already been laughing with my co-host, Maggie Palmer. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> so, uh, so happy Valentine's Day there, Maggie. Happy Valentine's Day. I know. I'm getting a mixed bag in my uh, Facebook news feed. You oh. Know, you have... <laughs> You have the uh, the boycotters of the holiday. I know we asked a question on our Facebook page today, uh-huh. getting a mixed response. <laughs> mm, I have not d- dove into that. I mean, like some people are just like, oh, we should celebrate love every day, not just one specific day. Yes, we've mm-hmm. got that. Um, we've got, you know, it's a commercial holiday. It's a Hallmark holiday. Let's show we love each other every day. So uh-huh. I'm a big fan of all of that, but... But you, you know, like, like chocolate, chocolate. too. Right? I beat you to it. But that's where this, that's where this is going. I like chocolate, and um, I like getting chocolate for my kids because inevitably there's the kind they don't like that uh-huh. I can eat. Uh huh. Very good. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's what you is that what you get for? It? And do you do like Valentines for them? And well, my husband gets a Valentine for our daughter. Oh, and that's nice. Yeah, it's really sweet. And she's running around this morning. It's like, he went to Jared, but he went to Toys R Us. She was so excited <laughs> because um, she cannot have gluten. Right. And a lot of the candy has gluten. So he, he gets her a little, you oh. know, a little toy. Oh, something. that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I, um, I really went above and beyond. I went to Trader Joe's yesterday and um, they got, have you ever tried their, I guess they call them Scandinavian swimmers. It's their version of Swedish fish. I Um, have tried those. Yes, they are good. And so for Valentine's Day, they made ones in shades of red and pink in the shape of um, X's and O's, hearts and hugs, love, uh, kisses and hugs. And um, so I bought a bag for John, a bag for Daphne. I got Daphne a cute little ring that had a red thing on it. We were at a store on Saturday and it was cute and it was red. And so I just tucked that away. And then I got a chocolate bar for Phoebe because she does love chocolate. And then um, my above and beyond part is I got um, some, some mailing labels and found a red Sharpie and wrote little individual notes on them and then slapped the stickers onto the, um, the labels onto the things. That's really cute. I mean, I have three elementary school kids, so we've got, we have to make the big Valentine boxes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people went all out. There was like a, um, what, what is that little guy from Star Wars 3 CPO? I don't know. Yeah. Look like at that. Somebody, we're real big Star Wars fans. <laughs> I know. I'm like, let me Google it. It was huge and it was ridiculous. I was like, your kid did not make that. Oh, you know? and my for the got, Valentine's box? Yes, that's, for the box, just the box crazy. where you put the Valentines. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, and then my son has this box that I, it was like a, I don't know, soda can box. And I just wrapped it with like pink paper and threw some hearts on there that I cut out. And I was like, get out of here. And there's just hearts like falling behind him as he's walking. I'm like, just keep going, keep going. <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. I can't believe they don't make those in class. Like, isn't that like something that then they, I don't know, make some math project out of it by measuring the sides and, you know, how, what's the area of the box or something like that? The volume. Oh, probably. Box, you know, at our school, it was like a mom's Ikea project the night before. Like, I was yelling. I was slapping stuff on i mean where's the glue stick where is the glue i know i just bought 10 glue sticks at target where are they all i was i was using like the heavy duty glue because i couldn't find anything so i was using like the stuff you use on like wood glue and my fingers were stuck together (laughs) gorilla glue it was yeah it was gorilla glue (laughs) it's like what is this it's so very strong Oh, it's not a glue stick. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, but you know what? We did it together. It was a, a bonding But we did experience. it together. Yeah. <laughs> they may need therapy in the future from it, but those are some homemade boxes. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> well, then with all my effort, I was so excited, particularly for John's because uh, it's ridiculous. The, the thing at their middle school right now is to speak in kind of Shakespearean tones, like wilt thou and thine and all this stuff. And it drives me bananas bananas like just oh and I don't know why I mean they did Shakespeare last fall but I don't know why it's a trend now and um so yeah so I'm not sure why like it's the why Shakespearean speak is the trend right now but so they're they're doing it and it was just driving me crazy so but I for um John's Valentine uh Valentine mailing label I (laughs) said uh wilt thou be my wilt thou be mine Valentine or something like or or uh be well will will thee be thine Valentine or something (laughs) 
<laughs> I just was like, and so I was so excited for him to see it. whatever it was. It was clever, and I was so excited for him to see it. Well, I put it in his room, and he had uh, been. I put it in his room. He had already moved into my bed with Jack, and then he was snuggling with the dog when I got home from running, and so. I guess he never went into his room. And as he was about to dash out the door for carpool, I was like, so isn't your Valentine like totally clever? And he just has this utter blank look on his face. And he's like, what? What Valentine? I'm like, oh, like I've been excited all morning for this and you don't even see it. Um, so that's I what thought I- you were going to say he was going to be like, that's so yesterday, mom. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah. like, kind of like when I was a kid, the big thing was Ace Ventura where everyone was like, all righty then. <laughs> or, or trying to talk like Adam Sandler. And then, you know, your dad did it and you were like, oh my gosh, is, you don't sound anything like him. It's officially <laughs> over now. <laughs> yeah, but we all sound exactly like, you know, Ace Ventura. I was actually, I would, it would be music to my ears if it was all over because, oh, just, I don't know why it's so annoying. Um, so it's boy, I feel like boys at that age, you know what I mean? My son is just coming into that. He's nine and they do things. And I'm like, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to, you know, you're being creative and you guys are having fun and you're doing something other than, you know, playing video games. But I really, I need to go stand outside and just close the door. For like the, the remainder of this play date. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, and have you been? Uh, are is your family addicted to the watching the Olympics? We are. And I, it was so funny because last night we were all on that text chain. Um, MK started it. Oh and it was me and you and Dimity and I think Katie was on there. Yeah. And she's just like, whoa, did you see that? And that just blowing up on this group text, like ping, ping, ping. Yeah. And Sarah's like, no spoilers. Do not give me a spoiler. <laughs> and MK's like, okay, all I'm saying is, no, my kids are not going anywhere near a snowboard. So I was just laughing because I was like, the spoilers are not who's winning, who just got gold. Like, they're mom spoilers. We were all like, okay, this person just got injured, and this this one could be severe. I'm really, I'm concerned about his future and his joints. <laughs> I think oh. told my husband, I'm like, put on ice skating. I can't do this. I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> Like it, it, it is kids. it is true that yeah and also i mean the kids are so young i just i look They're at my so 16 i mean you look at somebody like chloe kim she qualified for the olympics when she was 13 that is like nine months older than my twins are right now and i mean maybe john could qualify for like olympic like i don't know what's the video game he uses right now i mean maybe maybe <laughs> maybe or... my kid could qualify for watching youtubers play minecraft <laughs> oh my gosh like he doesn't blink he won't blink i feel like that would be the contest like who blinks first <laughs> oh my gosh this morning i caught daphne watching youtube but she was sitting at the little um like her vanity for lack of a better term it's actually like a old thing from our kitchen that has a drawer in it and um a little kind of like extra counter space thing and uh so it's i'm making it sound much fancier than it is and and i was like what are you doing she's like watching youtube and i was like oh whatever and um so then later she came downstairs and like i looked at her and before i could think i said what are those red lines over your eyelids and she had um YouTubed how to draw um, hearts, like do outlines of hearts on as kind of like eyeshadow. And I was like, and I was like, okay. And then she finally did laugh and she said, yeah, the, the heart I was using was too big. And I was like, mm-hmm, yep, yep, it sure was. <laughs> so, so yeah, in the future, you can maybe practice the night before the big day. Right, right. <laughs> You're trying to be encouraging. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think it looks perfect, honey. I've never seen a better heart. <laughs> I think from the, from this conversation, I am discerning that you are a much more positive, um, uh, you know, encouraging mother than I am, Maggie. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, you know, <laughs> doing my best here with it all. You know, aren't we all? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I hear that you maybe have um, one more, quote unquote, child in your house right now. Is, is Ryan sick? Oh, you know, um, yes, he had the man flu and it was touch and go, touch and go. Um, but he's, he's better now. And you know what? I'm joking about it, but he has the immune system of like a rhino and I don't know anything about rhinos and their immune system, but they sound good. And he never gets sick. 
Uh-huh. And he was down for the count. You know, he's been traveling to England and oh, all this yeah. international travel. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, so my son got it first and then Ryan got it right. He was out for like a week and a half. He's still coughing a little bit. Wow. So um, he's going to get on some antibiotics now, actually. He did get to that point where he has oh. to go to England again next week. And oh, my goodness. Like, you, you need to get on something and try to kick this. But um, I, I survived. I was making chicken soup. I was Lysoling everything. Um, And I really think it's because I've stuck with Orange Theory. I've been doing my workouts every day, even when I don't feel that great. And I, because I cannot get sick. Yeah. Oh, because everything would shut down. I don't have time for that. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when he's gone for half the month, you know, and I've got the three kids and the dog and everything else. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, you have to stay well. So, so you, um, believe that your devotion to working out has increased your immune system. I really feel that way. I really do. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I take, I've been taking my vitamins as well. I'm drinking noon, um, with mm-hmm. the vitamins. So oh, yeah. mm-hmm. one stone, mm-hmm. um, have that every morning, you know, I've been, I've been changing up what I eat also because he's not here. So I just, I've been trying to be just super healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do feel like it's the workout that's helping me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And remind me, how many days a week are you doing Orange Theory? When Ryan's gone, I go four or five times a week oh because gosh. it's the wow. only time I have contact with um, people. Uh-huh. And <laughs> as a, as a <laughs> fellow work from home not, mom, yeah. <laughs> I know about the treadmill next to her. Like, you excited for this workout? What's going on? You know. And sometimes people at Orange Theory are focused, uh-huh. and they or, or they like don't want to be there. Like their their mind does not want to be there, but their body is. But then uh-huh. it's kind of like childbirth. By the end, we're all like, let's do it again, or like <laughs> running your first marathon. Yeah. You know, it seems like a, when you're on that high right afterwards, it seems like a great idea to like go ahead and book. <laughs> Your next workout for right. the next day. Yeah. So that's the other thing I told you before. I'm motivated by money and the fact that I have to pay if I don't go. Oh, because you have, um, because you pay, like how long is the cancellation time? Is it 24 hours? I, I believe at my gym it's 24 hours just because it's Chicago and it's a really busy studio. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, if I, like if I book today for the 1230 tomorrow, I would get charged right on because, top of beca- my monthly fee. Right, because by the time I see, because if you sign up, you're already 24 hours in advance right then. So the so already your window for canceling is gone by the time you sign up. Right, so I let my like runner's high, workout high fingers book my next class. <laughs> and then when like, you know, I wake up in the morning as me, yeah. I'm like, oh, I the, the eye has burned today. off. <laughs> but then I go because I'm like, I'm going to get charged. And I mean, they're pretty cool. You can call the front desk and finagle your way out of it. But I've already told the guy who works at the front desk, like, don't let me do that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> my God. No matter what I say, I don't even want a safe word. I don't. No. Uh-uh. No. I, my they're... safe word is the kids are sick. Like, the school called me. My kid is homesick. That's the safe term. But otherwise, like, if I call him, it's like, oh, like, my head and my mind are not communicating. I'll be like, hey, what's up? I just don't want to come today. Don't let me cancel. Um, <laughs> I'll be like, all right, Maggie, I'll see you. <laughs> That's also so funny. Like, you'll be like, no, wait, doesn't Kyle work here anymore? Like, he's the person who kept me coming here. <laughs> I know, I know. On the days he's not there, I'm like, where is he? What's going on? <laughs> or they get a new person, you're like, okay, hi, my name's Maggie, and this is the way I work. Okay, and they're gonna be like, yeah, okay, crazy lady. They're like, yeah, Kyle left us a, a few sticky notes about you. We have a whole file on you. Uh, just get in there and do your hour. <laughs> Please go. <laughs> and then get out oh oh my goodness well uh orange theory is a good lead into today's show topic because maggie as you know we're going to be conversing about cross training with michelle olson phd who has been known to dub herself the exercise doctor michelle is a professor of exercise science at auburn university and a noted expert in many types of exercise including kettlebells pilates and core work she even has several videos out um, she's on the advisory board of Shape Magazine. Michelle is a repeat guest, if she sounds familiar. She joined us last spring to talk about strength training. We'll be back with Michelle Olson after this quick break. Welcome back, Michelle. Thanks for joining us again. And I'm glad you're feeling better because last time you had to 
cancel. And then that's why it ended up just a convo with me and Maggie. So we're glad that now we can be a trio and talk together. I'm so glad to be here. And believe me, I'm glad to be (laughs) over that virus. No fun. No fun. Oh, Michelle, I'm really excited you're here. And I'm obviously excited that you're better. I was just telling Sarah that the flu hit our house, um, but I didn't get it. I don't know how. I always get it. But my um, interest from you is, you know, when you say you're the exercise doctor, I'm so interested to hear what you do for exercise, because I'd love to hear from an expert what they personally um, are drawn toward. Oh, that is, that's a, that's a good question. Great question. And uh, thankfully, I do, I love Mm -hmm. exercise. That's how I got into all of my formal education and higher education. And, um, I did start lifting weights before that was something we knew was very important and Mm -hmm. and theoretically or in fact maybe even more important for women. It was really lucky because when I was playing tennis in high school, our um, the women's tennis coach was actually our head football coach. Wow! So he yes, so he had his um, you know athletes doing their spring training and of course. Training, you know, uh, it involves some kind of resistance training in or out of season. So he would just make all of us young women um, go with his football team to the weight room. And Mm -hmm. we were doing circuit training. And he did play tennis and he understood his tennis. And I saw what that did for me. So I already, you know, was doing the two to three miles of running. And being a tennis player, even back then we knew you don't do great distances of running. You know, Mm -hmm. you need to do your sprints and things like that and agility, but you need a baseline of cardio. So, you know, a couple miles of running, uh, resistance training, push-ups, abs, a lot of body weight stuff that's popular today. And so, you know, all of these, all of these years, I really kind of credit knock on wood, the fact that I can work out pretty doggone hard Mm -hmm. um, is that without really knowing at the time or without us having this formal label on it, I was always cross training. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I was lifting weights, you know, I was doing short runs again, that's more sports specific, um, sprinting, you know, the stretching, abdominal type stuff, um, out of season, I might get into something a little more so like maybe extra resistance training, Mm -hmm. increase the distance of my runs. But I mean, I always have been cross training. So what do I do now? Um, I like kettlebells. I do kettlebells. Mm -hmm. I like um, metabolic training, which is really kind of circuit training where you, you know, might do some kettlebell snatches and then a round of push-ups and then squats. And, you know, you repeat these things. I love intervals. I love doing Tabata. Mm -hmm. Um, Spinning has always agreed with me. It's a love-hate thing. A good spin (laughs) workout is like brutal, but you know, you can't, pretty hard to get hurt on a stationary bike uh-huh. you know I mean what I mean you could fall off the bike but I've never really seen anybody do that in the spin class well now the new ones you kind of have to clip in there which is nice <laughs> yeah right right so anyway that's a long introduction to the fact that you know when I reflect I was really a beneficiary of doing cross training and then I just continued that way after my formal athletic career or whatever you would say um, was over and I just love to evolve, you know, into, to different things to keep it fresh. So kind of by definition then, you know, if you're mixing it up and incorporating some new things along with things that you've gotten good at that are kind of like your baseline go-to activities, I, I just have, you know, been kind of fortunate without really realizing it to, to have always been some kind of a, um, a cross trainer. So Michelle, you, you touched on it in there about, uh, the definition of cross training, but how, how would you define it to runners? What, what, if someone is a runner, how do you define cross training for, you know, with them in their sport and how should runners be mixing it into their routine? Yeah, that's, that's another really good question because I think there's some confusion And um, if you'll Mm -hmm. just let me back up a little bit in history, so to speak, when we first started talking about Mm cross-training in the late 80s, seems seems that's when I remember it kind of reaching, you know, the mainstream. Um, The idea then about cross-training was that if you are an aerobic athlete, Mm -hmm. 
let's say a runner, what you would do is you would cross up or change up or change or alternate uh, running with other aerobic exercise mm-hmm. modalities. So you were sticking in exercise paradigm mm-hmm. and we, okay, we would say, what are other aerobic, classic aerobic exercises? Uh, swimming, rowing, cycling, mm-hmm. running. So the, the idea was instead of running every single day mm-hmm. that you could maintain your aerobic capacity by doing an aerobic exercise at the same intensity, but just doing a different one. So then you might run on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, swim on Tuesday. If you're a good swimmer and you can get your heart rate up to the training zone, mm-hmm. um, cycle on you know Thursday, uh, cycle on Saturday mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So you were crossing up those aerobic modalities. And the idea was to give your body a break. And I think that's still true um, to give your body a break from the same repetitive muscle patterns and force patterns Mm -hmm. on the body. So for sports specificity, originally cross training was sticking completely in the aerobic paradigm. Mm -hmm. Or if you were a strength power kind of athlete, you would stick to some kind of resistance training and anaerobic Mm -hmm. activity, Mm -hmm. but you might not be doing classic chest presses and squats every single day. Mm -hmm. You might use elastic resistance. You might do plyometrics. Um, So, you know, what does this mean for the runner? Well, originally it, you know, it meant just what we talked about. If you're if, if you're struggling with uh, increasing your PR, if you're having uh, nagging kinds of aches and pains or the same injury over and over, like shin injuries, mm-hmm. then you don't want to lose your cardiovascular fitness by just sitting out. Mm-hmm. So what can you do that's not going to cause your body to experience those same stresses, but do them at the same intensity, the same heart rate, so you don't lose your aerobic capacity? Mm-hmm. And we do still have studies that show, um, you know, there was a recent one in 2016 where um, a group of a group of athletes had their performance sport, and what they did in the study is that they substituted cycling. Mm-hmm at the heart rate they would need to exercise at. And they did. They interspersed it with the very intense part of running, you know, when you get to doing your speed work. Mm-hmm. And we know that's hard on your legs, especially if you're doing things like downhill running to try to increase your, you know, your gait cycle mm-hmm. and things like that. So anyway, the upshot of it was that using some other aerobic modalities around really intense periods of training, mm-hmm. like sprint training, what it resulted in was no loss in VO2 max, and um, the sprint times were good, the running speed was good, and so on. So they didn't completely get away from their running, mm-hmm. um, but they they used it more, again, when running got really intense. So um, sticking in that aerobic paradigm, if you really are, if you're working hard on speed work uh, and you need the break, doing maybe a different endurance activity on off days at Mm -hmm. your typical like baseline when you're building your mileage, whatever that kind of heart rate is that you work out at, you know, doing cycling or swimming around the speed work days. I think that is an effective way Mm -hmm. to use it. That's a much more modern way to Mm -hmm. use um, cross training when we're kind of talking about the classic Mm -hmm. cross training and not really talking about weights yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Michelle, you just gave us a lot of great advice for um, how to incorporate cross-training, but what do you say to um, the ladies who are listening right now while they're running and they're just shaking their head and they're saying, nope, I just I love to run. I want to do it as often as I can. I have an hour each day to do something. Um, best of intentions, I was going to do yoga, but it's a beautiful day. I don't have any time for anything else other than running. Yet at the same time, they're listening to this podcast because they're not getting the results, you know, they're striving for, and they know they need to include some cross training. Um, what's a really good way to ease in that, that lady who just loves running? 
It's really, you know, I think people kind of, you know, we all have this all or nothing, these all or nothing thoughts in our head, number one. Mm -hmm. And then number two, we all tend to have the more, the more, the more, the better, the better, the better. And number three, if I back off of anything, it's doom. It's just doom. Mm -hmm. It's just everything's <laughs> just going to be in shambles. We, we have psychologically, you know, it's human nature. Those three things, they are human. It's human nature in all of us. And they're, mm -hmm. they're beliefs that we set up. And it's kind of like a placebo effect. You know, if we mm -hmm. think these things are going to happen, then, oh, yeah, I went to yoga one day. And then the next day when I went out to run, my run wasn't really, you know, as, as good as I was hoping. Oh, come on. You know, mm -hmm. really now we are all we're smart people. You know, we run. It's good for our brains. It's good. That oxygen going up there. We're smart people. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely no way from one day of yoga and the next day you don't run well, you know, that there's there, the, the, the odds of that being a direct cause and effect are mm -hmm. just silly. They really are. It, 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 that's, that's just never been shown in any research study, you know, number one. And number two, again, that's, that's that placebo effect. That's us listening to those three strong messages. Don't change. Do more of the same thing. Da, 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 da. And see, I did this and the next day, and it's probably all purely psychological. You may have run in a different way, maybe more relaxed, and it didn't feel as like gritty. Mm. And so you didn't think you got as much out of it. Mm -hmm. So I would say first, you know, we just need to address the the thoughts that we all have that, you know, more, more, more is better, 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 even when we know that's not true. And we can take a good look at some solid research um, that shows us that, you know, just twice a week doing something different um, is does not cause your running performance to go to heck on you. <laughs> and well, I think it, you piqued it, um, it, the it, interest with the research topic there. <laughs> yeah, and it, well, and it also it does it get it, it it gives you the chance to get more of what you need. Um, I was, you know, of course, doing some reading, and um, a lot of runners um, we know their friend who's fit as they come, dealing with some hamstring problems. Runners oftentimes will come across having hamstring problems. And it's not because they're a bad runner or that running is bad or your hamstrings are terrible. Um, when, you, when you run, it's, run, the running gait's very unique and not to get too complicated, but your hamstrings have to undergo both a lengthening contraction and a shortening contraction all at one time. So while they shorten up near your glutes when your leg goes forward. As that knee starts mm -hmm. to bend, your hamstrings are shortening behind the knee. So you've got, you've got them trying to shorten behind your knee and lengthen up by your glutes. That's like taking a rubber band mm -hmm. and, and trying to get that rubber band over and over and over and over and over to do two things at once. <laughs> so that's just how the muscle works. Those muscles work when you're running. Um, and it's a, it's very stressful to the hamstrings. It just is. So again, it doesn't mean your hamstrings are bad. So, oh my gosh, yes. Are there good studies where just doing hamstring strengthening twice a week makes such a big difference into how your hamstrings operate? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Runners also lots of times will have weak glutes. Um, particularly their mm -hmm. side glutes, the glutes that help balance mm -hmm. you, those hip muscles. Because why? Well, we're running in a straight line. So we're using our quads mm -hmm. and our hamstrings a lot. And our glutes, you know, there's no perfect movement. Our glutes are not as utilized as they could be. Well, the stronger your outer hip glutes are, the better your balance, the more efficient your running becomes. So if you're, you know, you, you don't want things to go to shambles, all of us have weaknesses, you know, knowing and figuring out what those are, what the potential issues could be with a runner, and then addressing them mm -hmm. with specific exercises, you know, will, will absolutely help promote and elongate um, your running and your effectiveness with running. So if that's mm -hmm. what we want, you know, we kind of have to swallow the little pill 
and you know go for it and and let it happen and see it see it happen and not not have these 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 negative thoughts about how we just have to have to have to have to and it can only be one thing mm-hmm. okay all right you've convinced us <laughs> fine we'll do it we'll cross train but to that running obsessed girl i'm going to just come back to her you just talked about the magic pill so what in your mind, I know this is going to be a longer uh, response than I want it to be probably because I'm saying, what's the magic pill? What for that runner who wants to see better results and wants to kind of get rid of some of that pain associated with just running? What is that one type of cross training that you would recommend above all others? Well, I would, I definitely would recommend the resistance training. Mm -hmm. Definitely because there are, the research is very clear on on this and if you're if you're a competitive runner meaning you're you're in a structured system like you're a collegiate runner uh, a cross country runner a distance runner wh- whether you like it or not you will be engaging in strength training <laughs> now would a college and the strength and conditioning coach and the running coaches um do something that would cause their runners to not perform as well and have poorer records. And then the coach gets fired and they get rid of the running program. No, no. So if you, if you look at maybe run a runner or a group of runners who you aspire to be like, and you could sit down with them or spend a week with them, you will be going to do resistance training Mm -hmm. And the chances of you becoming more like them and not being stuck or afraid to change uh, will will be minimized. So it, it's it's really it's just the facts and kind of shifting your mindset to I want to be awesome at this. Mm-hmm. Well, what do the awesome people do? Mm. And they, whether they even want to or not, <laughs> they are going to the to the strength room when I was playing tennis and the football coach is like, well, you need to come and start lifting weights with the football players. I mean, gosh, don't think for a minute. I was thinking really, I could be out here working on my serve for another hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm, I'm going into, I'm going into the weight room. You know, I was 15 years old. I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going into the weight room. Mm-hmm. For me, like, I mean, lucky for me, I didn't have the authority, hundred percent authority over myself. Um, so Maggie, I mean, that's what I would say, you know, just use your good brain and become more knowledgeable and, um, twice a week address those muscles that the high end runners address and, you know, and you, 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 you'll be more relaxed, the more adaptable you are. I mean, when you're, when you're running and the weather's terrible or whatever, you know, you're adaptable. Use that, be adaptable, be adaptable with your Mm -hmm. training, be adaptable, go into the, the, the weight training room or wherever it is where you can do resistance exercise and you can do it at home. And we're talking light dumbbells. You know, we're talking 10 pound, eight pound, dumbbells depending on your size we're talking about using elastic resistance we're talking about body weight exercise this is another thing i think people have in their in their um gray matter um who are very strict with one sport such as running that you know i can't go in there and pop those plates on the end of an olympic bar and learn how to clean and jerk and well of course not because you're not going to be an olympic lifter of course you don't want to do that and you shouldn't be doing that. There is very running there is there is running specific resistance training. Um it's higher reps, lighter weights. Um mm-hmm. and again, you don't even you don't have to go to uh to a gym. Many of the tools we already have at uh at home. There's also research that shows that the more core strength you have, um, that's definitely one thing that improves your running economy, which mm-hmm. translated means that you will get less tired a, mm-hmm. during a race or a run. And so you'll have, you'll have more, you'll have more endurance. You'll have more, um, running cycles that you can, mm-hmm. you know, get under your, under your belt before you start feeling, you know, your, your level of fatigue that's, that's saying, Okay, I'm starting to run out of gas. Um, you know, running economy is very important. You get running economy, uh, so much of it off the road as well as as on the road. 
I can throw this in real quickly too, not to get too protracted. Um, swimmers are notorious for, they are the aerobic athlete who you don't even have to ask them to, they will overtrain voluntarily. They will do three a days. They will do four <laughs> a days and their performance goes down. So they want to do five a days. I'm, I'm really not exaggerating. And, um, wow. Wow. Goodness, thank goodness there's knowledge and information now where they are out of the pool. They do dry land training. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and their their performance goes their performance goes up. I mean th- those are just those are just mm-hmm. facts. So we just mm-hmm. have to kind of get out of that simplistic mm-hmm. mindset and and I don't I've been there. I understand. So I don't mean that like I'm telling telling you, you know, I'm trying to tell you in a way that I mm-hmm. think that that can relate to rec, you know, recognize mm-hmm. that we all have, you know, we get into these false beliefs, but we're smart. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can take advantage where the other individual might just not be willing to get off dead center. We can take advantage and get off dead center and really be doing running where it, when it might not look like it because we're doing body weight lunges, <laughs> just like the swimmer who's doing mm-hmm. dry land training out of the pool. Um, and then they become maniacal over that because it helps them so much. I, I was reading about mm-hmm. a distance runner, a successful distance runner, and was struggling with some aches and pains and just performance was sort of flat. And it, it happened to be a male. He knew, you know, about resistance training and that this was important. So he did it in a smart way. He went and saw a physical therapist who did an assessment of his muscles and kind of typical weak hamstrings, weaker core than we would like, weaker glutes and lateral glutes. And he helped him get on a program. And, you know, the guy got so pumped up about his resistance training twice a week. He, that's the workout he looks forward to now. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. he, cause Mm -hmm. he's seen the benefit. He says, I'm so strong. I'm such a strong person now head to toe. And I'm, and I'm also a great runner. Right, right. I don't yeah. know, Maggie. What do you yeah. think now? Is that you know? I was just I was asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I agree completely, and I I'm a huge uh, believer in cross training, and it. But it took me a little while to get Absolutely, there. Absolutely, because so, that's that's um, just human nature. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, you know, it's a beautiful day and you think like today it's sunny in Chicago and I think I'm going to go to Orange Theory this afternoon. And there's that little part in the back of my head that says, just go for a nice five mile run around the park. Um, but I know that today is a cross training day for me. So I think it's really good. Everything obviously you've said um, just reminds us that it it just helps us in so many other aspects, as well as, you know, being a mom, for example, you know, carrying your toddler around. Um, you just feel stronger once you you've done some weights that day too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And this is what this person was saying that <clears throat> just how awesome it felt to be and he's he's not all bulked up. Just how awesome it feels to be so strong mm-hmm. on the inside with those deep muscles surrounding your spine and your core and your hips and your knees that you know, he just there's nothing like it then when I go out to run and I just know I'm this very strong person with those deep, you know, stabilizing, mm-hmm. um, core muscles. It's just, it's just a whole different, awesome, mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. feeling. So, so we've talked about then cross training, uh, doing other types of aerobic exercise so that you can, you know, train the heart, get all those cardio benefits the same, even when you're not running. And now we've talked about strength, but, but is it wrong to think of things like balance, coordination, flexibility, Agility, things like that. I mean, are those uh, attributes or, or? That's all. Those are all really good and mm-hmm. important extensions mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. core training, mm-hmm. really, Sarah. Um, balance and working on your balance is part of core training in that you use your core mm. muscles to keep you balanced. Um, so if you're, if you're working on balancing, you are definitely working your core muscles to balance. You're going to use the lateral hip muscles. You're going to use the Mm -hmm. arches in your feet. We know that your feet are Mm -hmm. so important with running as well as daily life. You know, you've got to be on your feet, you know, hopefully we are on Mm -hmm. our feet for years and years. Um, you know, your posture, like Maggie said, picking up your, your, your child, or you've got, you know, groceries in one arm and a child in another arm and you're (laughs) holding the leash of the dog. Um, but you know, your wrist, your spine has, um, has support. So, um, agility, 
show me a very agile athlete and I'll show you somebody who has awesome core strength and core stamina. Show me somebody with good balance. I'll show you somebody who has very well-developed core mm. muscles. Um, so, and then the flex, the flexibility, the stretching, um, you know, most of the time when we exercise, our muscles are shortening, 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 mm -hmm. shortening. And so, you know, we, they can do both. They can shorten and lengthen. So in order to have a good, you know, we want that gait to be, or your stride to be as long as reasonably possible. If you, you know, so flexibility training is going to, um, help you with that. Um, having more range of motion in your hips. So um, all of those are very, very important, and you can do those as part of a resistance program, mm. you know, stretching at the mm. end and, and really making sure to stretch your hamstrings, your quads, your calves, mm -hmm. uh, do your balance training, your core training. That's all part of what, you know, I would call off-road training, kind of like the dry land training for mm -hmm. the swimmer. And it, uh, it incorporates very nicely into resistance training. Or, you know, you can do a lot of those things after your run mm -hmm. even. You can work on your mm -hmm. balance. You can do agility and you can do your stretching. So you maybe don't even have to dedicate a whole other day mm -hmm. to it. But, I mean, you're dead on. Those are, those are very important. And 90% of ways are an extension of, of working on your mm -hmm. core. Mm -hmm. So then do things like yoga and Pilates, I mean, are those still considered cross-training? Are those considered modalities all separate on their own and we shouldn't lump them in with cross-training? What do you think for runners? Um, you know, depending on your yoga class, um, if you're in a more of a flow yoga class, where you're going, you know, kind of from posture to posture, you get your breathing rate up, you're, you know, you're sweating, you're having to balance, um, that all f can fit in nicely with both flexibility, mm -hmm. resistance exercise and core mm -hmm. training. Uh, cause we've talked about with resistance exercise with runners, it's, it's lightweights, it's elastic resistance, it's mm -hmm. body weight. Similar with Pilates, Pilates tends to be a lot pace than yoga, and, and this is speaking in sweeping generalities, but there might be a little less emphasis on, um, you know, poses or movements where you're, you're stretching and holding a stretch. Mm -hmm. um, but Pilates, you have the machines you can use, you know, with the springs. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a spring is a resistance, you know, that we can use. So because we're talking about runners, I would say that, um, and in fact, those, you know, those are alternative modalities you can use for core training, resistance training, and, and flexibility mm -hmm. and, and, and agility, um, agility as well. You know, again, depending on your yoga class, sometimes they kind of, you know, you might be in a pose and then have to leap into another pose mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. hold it. So you've got agility and balance and static strength happening mm -hmm. all at once. So that's another really great question. And this does, it can get so confusing. Mm -hmm. um, but when you think about the resistance program of a runner with a lot of body weight and, you know, multiple movements and you're not cleaning and jerking, mm -hmm. things like a good strength-based yoga class, Pilates class, or they're, they're, they're great. And they're going to get at the core mm -hmm. too, the, those core muscles that are really important for runners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Michelle, you know, cross training, um, for so many women in our tribe, they talk about the variety. So kind of mixing it up, doing something different. Um, and every time I've been talking about orange theory, for example, if you're familiar with it, I'm sure you are. Mm -hmm. Um, a, a lot of people say the same thing. They try to do it two to three times a week and mix it up because you get to do two to three miles really on your cardio portion on the treadmill. And then you get to do the strength training and other forms of cardio. So what, what is your professional and personal opinion about classes like that in, that include the cardio and the strength training, you know, within a 60 minute block? Oh, I think they're I think they're terrific, and I, I would I would say that basically most every workout I do has a combination of those two very things: the resistance with uh, some kind of aerobic exercise, and um, you know, with Orange Theory, I know you know we use the mm -hmm. rower a lot. Um, so uh, you know, a lot of times it's hard to have access to a rower, and a rower can really help with the low back and the hamstrings. Um, and those are important for running your shoulder girdle and, you know, having 
you know, that again, like I was talking about feeling that you, that you feel strong, even though you don't, your arms are relaxed when you run and all of that, you don't, you know, you'd want to feel like your posture's good from your shoulders up and it's not messing you up and slowing you down because you're the way your body's positioned against the wind. Um, so, or, you know, orange, orange theory, another kind of cool thing about orange theory is, um, and I love this question because I'll get, you know, young people like my students, at the college saying, Dr. Olson, do you know what orange theory is? <laughs> and I said, you mean being in the orange zone? <laughs> yes. I and I said, you know what? <laughs> yeah. You know, do you know, um, do you know what your uh, heart rate range is, is when, when you're in the orange zone? It's this right here. I can break down the four zones for you. <laughs> and we've just labeled them with colors. We've got red zone. That's your, that's your legit hit. That's anaerobic hit training. <laughs> you know, we've got the orange zone, which is higher intensity. We've got green zone. We've got blue zone. So uh-huh, I know what it is. And the thing is that it's a, it's a good thing. It's really taking the old Dr. Ken Cooper original aerobic training, doing heart rate zone training, and just mm-hmm. putting colors to it mm-hmm. and more exercises than running. And we know that heart rate zone training is effective. It works. Mm-hmm. So if you're mixing up different movements and modalities and you have these heart rate zones that you're trying to achieve, isn't that what we do with running and, and what, you know, we do, we, that, that's, that's an old, 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 <laughs> old science and it's an established science and that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Right. That's good. So Maggie, I'm, I'm, I'm for orange I'm for orange theory. I think people think, oh, what is she going to say about this? <laughs> and then I say, well, the orange zone is actually this heart rate zone that Dr. Ken Cooper defined in the 70s. This has been around for a long time. So I'd say if that's what you're using and you're, you know, you're doing these exercise movements that we know are effective, running, rowing, hoisting kettlebells, jumping on a bike, jumping over to do something with a medicine ball. Mm-hmm. Medicine balls have been around since, you know, the Russians were in the 1400s. It's good. It's good. It's good, Maggie. So keep okay. encouraging everybody to, you know, get on that bandwagon. Yeah, two two or three days a week, mixing it up, mixing it up. If going you were going to say something negative up, about Even though it's sunny out, go mix it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the class that I've been digging lately is um, Cycle Bar, which is a, um, for those people who don't know, it's a 45-minute indoor cycling class. It includes a few minutes of just a few minutes of upper body work with a weighted bar, thus the name cycle bar. Yes. Um, and so, um, so my best running friend, Molly and I, uh, we've, we're figure or give our master's age bodies a break from pounding. So, but she also has a theory that the high RPM spinning will improve our leg turnover when we pick up our pace while running. So are you, are you buying what she's selling? Um, well, I am a little bit um, in terms of uh, this one study where they had one group running mm-hmm. and one group doing cycling, mm-hmm. and then they had them go out and perform and do sprint, sprint, um, perform their sprints, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the group who was doing the cycling did, had the, their sprint performance was uh, matched those who were doing the the running. Oh, huh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then there were some, there were some other kinds of things about, you know, the use of ATP and anaerobic and aerobic and whatnot. But the, but the upshot of it was, was that, right. So you've got people running, you've got people cycling, and then they're going to go out and do sprints, you know, mm-hmm. running sprints. Gee, mm-hmm. you know, what what do we think is going to happen, and um, and that that really was the question. Nobody's really exactly sure, and they you know look around, and there's not any research that's that exact study ever done, mm-hmm. and um, that's what they found. Let me see. Although both yeah both training programs were equally effective in improving endurance and sprint capacities. Mm. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, 2016 February, just a fresh study, barely a year old, um, in uh, the Journal of Sin Medicine. It's a good, legit, mm-hmm. peer-reviewed journal. Good, good. Okay. And uh, yeah, because I was really, I really felt like I was kind of brushing, you'd sort of talked about how people do sometimes incorporate more cross-training to avoid injury or, you know, they feel something's coming on. I definitely felt like I was brushing up against 
an injury. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a master's age athlete. I just kind sure. of, and so before when I was training for my marathon, which was, um, in early October, I was running five days a week and just doing a strength class, an hour long strength class, uh, one day a week. And then I was like, okay, I'm not training for any race. I think I got to mix this up. So I, mm-hmm. um, now, um, run quote unquote only three days a week and, um, do the same hour long strength class. I do that cycle bar class and then I do a bar style class. Right. Um, and I, and just, you know, sometimes like you forget what, what you were feeling like a couple months ago, like, you know, you served, I'm just sort of just in the body I'm in. And I was like, Oh, right. My knee was kind of hurting there for a while. And, and mm-hmm. it felt like maybe my plantar fasciitis was coming back. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, yep, not, mm-hmm. not concerns anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and there so. is a reason that, you know, from everything from uh, ACL reconstruction to, oh, you know, problems with your kneecaps or, you know, um, not, you know, subluxing, a lot of lower extremity injuries. There's, you know, there's a reason that, that the uh, stationary cycle is a part of rehab. I mean, there's a reason mm. for that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, you know, um, athletes in general, not necessarily runners who have um, hamstring problems, sprinters, you know, football players, sprinters can have hamstring problems for the, the reason we talked about the movement of your legs with running or sprinting makes your hamstrings both shorten and lengthen all at once. It's kind of like the muscles <laughs> just being asked to explode, which means tear or get strained. Um, you know, and there they are, you know, on these sitting there on those bikes, you know, clocking away, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. you know, minutes or, um, sometimes they'll put, uh, put individuals with hamstring issues on treadmills and have them turn around and run backwards because then it's all your quads, mm-hmm. your quads are doing everything. Your hamstrings mm-hmm. are hardly doing anything. So you don't lose your aerobic capacity. Like if you're, Oh, I'm not going to get on the cycle, get on a treadmill mm-hmm. and, and, you know, run backwards, um, to you with the, mm-hmm. the, the cycle bar class and cycling, you know, there's a, there, there is a reason that it's part of rehab. It's part of prehab, pre Preconditioning, and I think mm-hmm. you probably have noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they started putting the cycles out on the football fields, and when the players come off, they jump on the bicycles. I've noticed it now with basketball games. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and there's lots of sprinting oh, wow. in both. Yeah. You know, running gate in. Um, you know, both of those both of those sports, but you're, but you're right. If, uh, let's just say your plantar fasciitis is from, you know, the foot striking and the stretching, as you know, when you're on a, on a bike, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your ankle does a lot, but your foot kind of stays in the same position. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you're brushing Mm -hmm. up against an injury. Um, you know what your heart rate should be like, you know, so you go and you do your speed work on the bike or you, what you, what you did, Mm -hmm. you know, to be honest, we really don't know exactly the formula. Like how much running do I really have to do to be a great runner? And how much running should Mm. I really not do by doing cross training? We really Mm. don't know the exact formula, but when I see people Mm -hmm. and, you know, I hate to use the word cut back on running because that just sounds negative, but when they transition into more cross Mm -hmm. training and their time and maybe mileage out on the road is getting modified, you know, I mean, this is, this is what we see stronger runners, runners who avoided an injury runners who, when they go out and run, Mm -hmm. it feels different. It feels better. They feel stronger. And the one Mm -hmm. guy was talking about, he just loves his cycle or his, uh, running specific resistance training. That's like his favorite thing. And I'm thinking, well, probably because it's fresh too. It's a new challenge. It's a new, and runners love challenges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we can have new challenges that mm-hmm. just superficially might not look like running, but they're completely, they have everything to do with running. Michelle, while we're on the topic of injuries, um, before we move on, I wanted to know your thoughts on walking as low impact cross training for runners, especially ones looking to sidestep an injury or coming back from injury or pregnancy. Well, you know, it kind of it kind of de- would depend on on each one of those things. You know, let's say something like pregnancy, um, where at the late stages of pregnancy, your VO two max goes down. It has to because the oxygen and the blood have to go percentage wise more to this fetus that's almost full grown and ready, you know, to be birthed. So, 
you know, and your, your ligaments and all of that are much more extensible. It's easier to twist an ankle. So to, you know, go out and start with, you know, with walking and get your feet stronger and get your feet under you and do some, you know, walk jog uh, types of activities um, can be very helpful instead of I just have to start out running and I'm going to go on a, you know, three mile run is very short. Sounds ridiculous. It's so short. Uh, but, you know, maybe you, you do, you do walking for a certain number of minutes, then you do jogging for a certain number of minutes. My friend right now, who's very good at everything and she's good at running with her hamstring, (laughs) she, she laid off and she, she was good. She was cycling. She was doing this all on her own. She didn't really ask me for any advice. And then day before yesterday, she texted me and she said, I went out to run. I've been being, you know, really good. And my hamstring is killing me. I have ice on it right now. Do you have any advice? And so I printed out some things for her and here's this and here's that. And look, two minutes of walking, then four minutes of jogging. You do this for X number of days. And she's like, I see. I just went straight back Mm -hmm. out to what I'm used to doing because I had rested from that activity, but yet I was spinning and things like that. And I said, yeah. So, you know, that would be like the, you know, an analogy you get out of the cast, the cast is gone, right? We wouldn't go out and do run five miles or three miles or lift weights or whatever it might be. You're going to work your way back in. And I said, this looks so, I know, just, Mm -hmm. just pitiful, but she had a new appreciation after being good (laughs) and thinking she could just go back out. So I, I think, you know, mm. the walking, the walk jog um, can be very helpful. If, if however, you're midway mm. through training for a race and you're coming up some, with some issues, then you'd want to select something like pool running or spinning where you could keep your heart rate up to the mm. rate it would be if you were out running and walking is not going to do that for, for that person, but for somebody coming back from pregnancy, from an injury. Um, yes, it's probably something to, to not poo poo and incorporate it in, in some fashion that, you know, other, that were, that other runners Mm -hmm. have, have done. So Michelle, for gals who aren't on a training plan for a race, what prescription do you recommend for a healthy mix of cross training and running? Okay. So if we if we look at our well established exercise guidelines that are well researched, you in general want to do some kind of an aerobic activity, and that can be jogging and running three to five times a week. We are supposed to be, regardless of age or you know, etc., um, re- resistance training. A minimum of twice a week. And we've talked about the nature of it for somebody who's a runner, you know, the, the, the weight load and that it's higher mm-hmm. rep and, and that kind of thing. Um, a minimum of t- two days a week or two days a week is fine. Probably you get more benefit if you add a third day, but that's not a have to, have to, have to, have to. Um, when, you're, when you're doing your <laughs> resistance training, be sure that you've embedded um, – core work. And a lot of times you can just do that with resistance training. For example, if you're lunging, do your lunges and then drop down into a plank after you've lunged. Make those abs, brace your spine while your legs are shaking a little bit from the lunges. Um, (laughs) So, so, you know, two to three times a week, your aerobic activities, we've talked about how you can mix those up. You could run three of those days, run, jog, walk, jog, walk, run, two days, um, we, we could do um, a, a cycle bar class. Um, so I, I would say to just t- take a look at the days of the week and slice and dice them so you've got aerobic activities that can include running three to five times a week and at least two days a week, possibly mm-hmm. three, if you find you just love core training and resistance training. Um you know, uh, embed mm-hmm. those on certain days. And then as you build up, you know, you can, you can do some of this all on the same day and give yourself, 
you know, breaks during the week. I mean, you could do a run, you could do your core training, then you, you could do a run out on XYZ day and do your resistance training and a run on XYZ day and do um, a yoga class and just keep cycling, you know, your schedule through those kinds of things. But it's basically a three to five on the cardio and a two to three on core resistance training, etc. Things in that category. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And um, just like we shouldn't be running the same four mile loop, you know, those five days a week. Um, how important is it that we vary our cross training? Mm-hmm. Like um, mm-hmm. Molly, my running partner and I were doing cycle bar now in the winter time, but as soon as it's warm enough to swim outside, we'll switch to swimming in a mm-hmm. lake that's near here. That's awesome. So I mean, how, yeah, I, I love it. Um, so I mean, how, how important is it to vary the cross training? Yeah, that's awesome. I need to come and work out with you. Um, stay with you for a while. <laughs> okay. Any, any time, any time. Yeah. Um, it, it is, it's, 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 it's very important. Um, again, the high end athletes, which we are all aspiring to be as much as we can be like that within ourselves, they follow, mm-hmm. um, what is called periodized periodization, periodization. Mm-hmm. That's a, just a hard word for me, periodization. And you may mm-hmm. or may not have talked about, talked about that. And I know a lot of your, Mother runners are real savvy and smart. I'm sure they've heard of it. Um, that's the that's mm-hmm. the formal word that is given for, you know, in season, out of season, preseason, immediately postseason. That there has to be variety. Or people like Federer, are you kidding? At his age, doing what he's done, winning the Australian Open in tennis, and you know, mm-hmm. so so exactly, Sarah. So when you're it's cold and you're not really training right then for a specific race. We would say you're out of season. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're varying what mm-hmm. you're doing. You're not running every day. You're not building that base again. You're not evolving into your speed work. You are doing things like your core training, your stretching, your cycle bar class. Then we want to, that to mm-hmm. undulate and progress into the swimming or doing pool running. Or if that's not for you, you know, do your, do your walk jog and kind of amp up your core training and your resistance training. Then as you get toward a race, well, you all know that you could, you're the ones you could teach me more about how to prepare for a race. So then you're, <laughs> you know, you're in the race prep mode, you do your race. And so then you're, then you're out, then you're, you're post race. Mm-hmm. So again, you want to, you want to vary. You're going to go into lighter workouts. You're going to take off a week even and just stretch and enjoy, enjoy life. Um, it's extremely yes, that's heresy, important. heresy to take that whole week off. Yes. It's, ex- it's extremely important. And it really would be fun to hang out also with pro pro mm-hmm. athletes and for a whole year, because believe me, mm-hmm. everybody, there are weeks where they are not doing anything. They're eating properly. They are hydrating. They are stretching. They are getting massage. That's how they can mm-hmm. then transition and go through extremely strenuous training without getting hurt and last for two weeks mm-hmm. playing two and three and four hour tennis matches day in, day out over just a two week period and win and not mm-hmm. not be hurt. If you're not doing it that way, you just don't you don't have a chance. So to say it's important, you know, is really is a, mm-hmm. is an understatement. It's it's it's, it's really necessary mm-hmm. to avail ourselves of periodization and cross training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of goes back to I mean what you were talking about that you really have to open your mind and not think have to have to have to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Easier yeah. said than done. I know. I'm so guilty right. of, oh, you have to. What's your fever? Oh, you have a fever? Oh, whatever. Go, oh, gosh, that's in there. All, every every possible mistake. Fortunately, I'm still walking around to have learned from it. And, um, and, and again, I mean, I would say that my, my, you know, Maggie's original question, what do you do to work out? I'm, I, I cross train. I, I mean, I do cross train and I love it. It's fun. It does keep <laughs> things, you know, exciting and so on. And, and, and if I did want to go and do a race, I mean, I know, and I know what to do for that. And I think everything I've been doing when I'm not doing that, I, my core is, I'm, I have a, I'm old, but I have a strong core now. Oh, 
<laughs> well, you look lovely. Age has not yeah. caught up with you yet, Michelle. It, so. well, it, I, but I'm, I'm, I try to be smart with my exercise. That's the truth. And I think that's, that is our fountain of youth is, uh-huh. is just, you know, we've got great machines, these bodies, they can do amazing things. So if we treat them well and, and do use them and exercise them, that, that's, I think that's our fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. Always fun to talk with you. Oh, likewise. Thank you too. All right, Maggie, are you in? You're in for this cross training. Actually, it sounds like we might need to get you out more. That you're. I feel like I need to get out more. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was listening to her and I was like, whoa, uh-oh. I, I already confessed that I'm going four to five days a week. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're you're bathing in that Kool Aid instead of just sipping at. It. <laughs> I'm just loving it. I'm just I'm, I'm like stretching into the next class. They're like, you need to go. I don't. I, do you have a home? <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, let's let's hear what our pal Dimity is up to in the train like a mother club. Hey everybody, it's Dimity here with your train like a mother club corner with just a beautiful reminder of the rejuvenating, empowering sense that running can bring to us. It comes from the stride into the goo year, which um, is actually done now, but this uh, post went up about a week ago and I wanted to share it because I loved it so much. Um, So it's from Stacy and she said, work today literally had me in tears. After crying onto my keyboard, I decided I was done. I announced I was leaving early, grabbed my bags, and left. Luckily, I saved the wild berry run for today. Those 10-second sprints were such a release. I let go of all the anger, frustration, and fear on the trail today. Thanks to all of you and Dimity and Coach Jen for a life-changing five weeks. Something was sparked within me with this plan, and I have seen positive results mentally and physically. I've held on to Sarah's words that you don't find time, you make time. And I've made this plan a priority. Here's to many more happy miles. Love that, Stacey. Great job. I'm glad that something is sparked inside of you. And I hope that you all find a little spark in your running soon. We will see you next week on the Train Like a Mother Club Corner. Have a great week, ladies. Bye. Okay, folks, if you live in the Bay Area, first of all, I'm envious. But second of all, uh, we would love to see you at Goo headquarters in Berkeley on March 15th for a podcast recording. Yes, we are headed down there. Dimity, Molly, and I will chat and then um, for the intro. And then Dim and I will interview two extra special mother runners, ultramarathon phenom Magdalena Louis Boulet and track star Alicia Montano, who will be who is going to put down uh, to bed her uh, breastfeed and put to bed her uh, somewhat very new second baby. We talked to her um, when she was pregnant. And so I'm so excited to get to see her post baby and in person. Um, the podcast recording, it's free to attend, but we want to get a head count for the amazing swag bags. So I'm going to include an Eventbrite link in the show notes. So please RSVP. Again, that podcast party is March 15, 2018 at, in Berkeley at Goo Energy Labs headquarters. And we hope to see you there. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Many happy miles.